Welcome to another special episode of Voice Out Cakap Je. I am Zarina Zahruddin and together with me, my partner Panji Shafi'i behind the scene as busy as always. Thank you for listening to us at our Spotify podcast, Voice Out Cakap Je. Today's episode is kind of unique as we have not one, not two and not three but four special guests with us today. So today we are going to talk about the aviation industry. Now everyone cannot fly. So much has been said and written about the aviation industry, especially during this COVID-19 period. Has the industry been hit hard by this pandemic or maybe only certain departments or sectors have been affected? Also, has the media been giving us accurate information? So today at Voice Out Chakabja, we have four gentlemen, four professionals from different sectors of the aviation industry who have built their career in this industry to share with us their personal insights and their working experiences. We are very fortunate today to have with us someone from the heavy maintenance department, someone from the component de- production, a young handsome man from the airline, and last but not least, we have an experienced operation manager dealing with the sales and leases of aircrafts. Good afternoon guys, welcome to Voice Out Cakap Je. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, good afternoon. Yep. Yes, thank you. I understand you, are guy, uh, you guys are very busy and thank you for being here with us today. So maybe uh, we, you can introduce your name and just the number of years in the industry. Yeah. So maybe you can start with the one on my right. Yeah, Kartik. Hi, my name is Kartik and I've been in this industry for almost two and a half years. Okay, two and a half years. Yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, hi, my name is uh, Fidaus Adres. Uh, I've been in, in this industry close to 18 years. 18 years, yes. okay. 18 plus 2, so 20 years, <laughs> yes. Hi, uh, this is Fami. Uh, I've been in, in this industry for almost 3 years. Okay, almost yeah. 3 years, alright. And Wayne, uh, been in aviation for more than 20 years. More than 20 years, wow. All in all, we have about 40 years of experience, okay. These are all the people from the aviation industry. Okay, I would like to start uh, I would say with the most youngest person in the industry eh, to the most experienced so maybe we can have Fami first okay Fami how are you today how do you feel today I'm good I'm good uh, I just had a long day so uh. Uh, I guess it's a nice uh, way to end off the day by being here okay nice nice to have you around yep and I understand that Fami previously you were a teacher a teacher turned yes, pilot. I, <laughs> I was a primary school teacher. Okay. So I was teaching uh, PE and maths. Yes, and I understand that now you are a trainee pilot with an airline yeah, for the last two and a half years. I'm uh, actually a trainee pilot in uh, UAE, oh. uh, in Sharjah actually. So, uh, but I won't mention the airline lah. Yep, yep. It's okay. <laughs> so it's yeah, okay. I, I'm still in training actually. Okay, so you have been a trainee pilot for the last two and a half years. Can you share with us, Fami, why from a teacher you decided to be a pilot at the age of 30? Um, actually, I've been wanting to do this for a very, very long time since I was in school. Uh, when I was in uni, actually, I wanted to apply already back then. But because at the point of time, uh, the local carriers, they were closed. They had no open application. So what I did was after graduation, I actually started my job as an engineer. Mm. So I was in engineering first and then after that uh, I became a teacher 
and then when I finally got this opportunity, then I applied lah because I mean it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. But I believe for me, during your younger days also, you do take up flying lessons, right? Yeah, I got a PPL, a private pilot's license. Um, that Sorry, was in private. Uh, private pilot's license. Okay, PPL. Okay. So it's just more of like leisure flying. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, with that license, technically you can't do anything, lah. You know, so of course I want to go to the commercial side. Um, and my plan was always to get a degree first, lah. You know, to be on the safe side. You know, being okay. typical Singaporean. Typical Singaporean. We, are, we, we try, uh, try to be typical, lah, as much as possible. So. Yeah, I, I got the cert and after that, uh, luckily with that cert, at least I can start work first. So as much as I wanted to fly back then, there was no opening. Uh, then yeah, you I mean just after graduation, there was no opening for to I be. I mean, I I could if I wanted to pay for my own license, but I don't. I didn't have money back then. Oh. So okay. uh, I would rather go and work first, uh, save up, and then which is what I did. Um, I I became engineer first, and then. Uh, I was in oil and gas, and in 2014, oil and gas was not doing well. I got retrenched, and after mm. that, there was a lot of ding dongs. And then I applied to be a teacher because I like sports. So, but while being a teacher, I still didn't give up. I really wanted to apply this, and I finally got it, lah. So over the years, you managed to do some savings. That's where, uh, with the money, you are able to take up this uh, pilot. Uh, not job. fully. I mean, I definitely, to be honest, I still need my parents' help. Okay. So yeah. Okay, so um, what are the challenges and hurdles yeah, you face to achieve your dream job as a pilot? Uh, one of which was definitely a lot of um, uh, rejection because honestly, I applied for Singapore Carers as well. Uh, applied for two, uh, both I went to the final interviews uh, and I didn't make it, and I was very very sad. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because honestly, I don't know what they're looking for. Um, I went all out. Like you know, really prepared myself and everything, and both I got rejected at the final stage. So I was a little um, upset. Yeah, mm. but along the way, I kept on researching online. You know, where the other opportunities, and I finally found an opportunity in UAE in Sharjah. So that was my last resort. I say, if I don't get this, then I probably just gonna give up totally because my age is catching up. Mm. Uh, so when I finally got it. Then yeah, I mean when I was there, so there's a lot of tests and interviews and everything. So yeah, my friend got it. I was quite happy lah. Okay, and I believe that there was a big decision, right? You were in the dilemma, right? Um, whether to take up the pilot. Yeah. Um. One is because I was a teacher and I was supposed to enter NIE. So if I were to enter NIE means I were I would have to give up my flying career. Dream. Yeah. Mm. Then next is if I were to give up my NIE, and I was going to only go to UAE for my interviews after I resign. So technically, I threw all my ba- my eggs in one basket. So if I didn't get the flying job, then technically I'm back to zero. Uh. So that then was the <laughs> big big uh, decision I had to make, which I was happy that I did it. Uh. Okay, yeah. so today you can say that you did not regret at all. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you, were, you were glad that you yeah. made that decision. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, interesting. All right, so next I'm going to ask uh, Kati. Okay, so Kati, you are a 26-year-old quality inspector who was an ITE graduate and has about two and a half years of working experience in the industry Yeah, after your NS. So Kati, maybe you can share with us what exactly does a quality inspector do and why did you join this industry is it by chance 
or real passion? Uh, to it to say, <laughs> it's actually more like a passion. But uh, you know, you, during your how do you have that passion? How do you know that <laughs> aviation is the industry that I want to work in? Okay. Uh, Technically, it's not only aviation. Okay, I mm. had I had like different ideas. Probably like you know, it's either be an architect mm. or like you know, automotive. Okay. Or probably like you know, aeroplanes. You know. <laughs> okay. The 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 main reason why because during my younger days I draw a lot, so my drawing was good. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I was actually thinking. Okay. So due to these drawings, you know, what can I do? You know, probably I had uh, idea of either be an architect. I see so many man hours. You need to <laughs> you need to stay back. Then right. you keep drawing in the house. You know right. you need to have equipment. You know, so probably you won't have any work life balance. Mm. That uh, I found out that you know I'm more uh, into hands on. Like, you know, last time during your secondary school or primary school time, you know they they used to have these tamiakas. What is that? Sorry. You guys don't know what's tamiakas. Tamiakas, right? Yeah, you, you know, you know, like the the child, you know, you have your toy cars, then you change the gear with oh the wheels and you know, everything. Okay. Yeah, you 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 created by yourself, lah. Mm. So that's when I found out, like you know, without any instructions or by other people teaching me, mm. that I found out, you know, through the Tamiaka manual, you know, how to. You can fix, fix it just it by up, reading yeah. through the manual. Okay. Better like you know the normal plumbing services at home, you know, <laughs> the one that so you. So really handyman, yeah. Yeah, handyman. So <laughs> okay. so that's when I realized that you know I'm more of a hands-on person, but not a technical person or a theory person. Later I found out, like you know. That's when my father started to join SIA. Yeah, uh, there that uh, yeah, he started to talk to me, you know, about aeroplanes and all. That's when I started to realize that okay, yeah, like other than you know cars, cars, you know, just run on petrol on land, you know. <laughs> then that's when I found out that wow, okay, that what's the difference between a car and an aeroplane? So aeroplane can fly. So that's the reason why. Then that's when I found out that you know there are many things about aeroplanes, you know. So I, I mean, during during the course of taking this uh, this passion, okay, I ha- I did have like you know I used to you know bodybuild, that that I used to cook. Later, once in a while, my family would say, you know, you cook very well. Later, why don't I become oh, a chef? Talented, huh? You can cook. <laughs> why don't I become a chef? Then yeah. I say, no. Then later, you know, if I go to be a chef, you know, so different people got different perspective or whatever their food mm. will be. <laughs> some don't want salt. Some don't want chili padi. You know, those kind of things, right? So I don't, I don't have this kind of headaches <laughs> coming to me. Understand, so, understand. Yeah, Someone so healthy, healthy yeah. meals. Yeah. Yeah. So there, the, uh, I did, I did all of this uh, during the phase, lah. Then that's when I found out that you know. I'm not a theory person. My theory sucks. Okay, <laughs> but uh, that's when I found out. Uh, you know, if you give me the manual or some guidance, you know, probably I'm a hands-on person. You know, I can do it anything lah. So I even during this aerospace, you know, uh, with Wayne back in my internship, then uh, we went into tail, you know, tail of an aircraft. Two of you went yeah, into. Yeah, two of us <laughs> went. In, uh, then like you, even my shoulders couldn't even go through it. Okay, yeah. for those who are listening, maybe you don't, you can't see them. But for your info, Kati and Wayne, later I'll introduce you to Wayne. Both are quite big size, so can you imagine both of them fit into the tail of an aeroplane? Yeah. Okay. The, the two hours is already counted as a uh, as a crowd inside there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this yeah. really takes skills, yeah. But yeah. it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, we did. <laughs> okay, uh, it is possible. Eventually, we did it, lah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then. Um, Actually, initially I was in the store, but that's when Wayne came over saying, "Why are you sitting down in the store? Come out and work." I said, "Okay." <laughs> I I mean I mean that was my first intern like internship like I was like seventeen. 
Okay, uh, so your f- your he, first intern, that's where you get to introduce into into aviation line, into the aeroplane, more yeah. on the maintenance side. Yeah, because technically, okay, I was not eligible to go O levels. Not eligible. Yeah, because okay. I failed by uh, one point. <laughs> then later, okay. I see, okay, I didn't want to, you know, waste my another one more year to retake the exam. Mm. Later, okay lah. Later, I see, shall I go IT? Later, the We shall see what kind of courses are they willing to give lah through my grades. Then when I went to IT, then later I applied for aerospace, which is like back then was like you know the highest standard of courses <laughs> in thing IT. Big thing lah. Yeah. There was an issue in IT lah. Mm-hmm. Then when I went there, I applied. And the first thing they say, you know, you're overqualified for this IT course. I'm like, ah, are you serious? How am I overqualified? I feel my my N levels. Overqualified. Overqualified. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then uh, I said, okay, right, right. As long as I'm able to go through it, then let it go. Ah, that's when I found out, you know, engines, you know, the different components, what makes it fly. Then they have like aircraft, aircraft drawing. You know, that's how my drawing works. Ah, <laughs> it helps a lot. Then quite a lot of. And you find it very interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Ah, like like okay. the way how it flies. Like you know what makes it flies. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. How can uh, sometimes we do? I mean, those days, right? In the older days, people wonder how can metal a metal fly, right? Yeah. In the sky. Okay. So basically, as a quality inspector, what exactly do you do? Okay. Uh, what I do is through blueprints. Okay. What I do is turbine disc, which is like a portion of the engine. Okay. All right. Uh, before it's being installed. It has to cut through machinings, you know. Then you got to be within dimensions. So me as a quality inspector, what we do is we better make sure that there is no uh, visible uh, dents mm. or you know uh, cracks. Uh, can no. see like <laughs> scratches, e- even the most oh, minor scratch. scratches. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, anything that is able to you know affect the the part mm. before it's being installed or after it's being installed, like because. If once you install it later, the engine doesn't fly. Then all of a sudden, the engine bursts. Ah. You know, later, it falls on our head. You know, so so okay. we are the one that you know make sure that it is within quality perspective. Precisely. They make sure that it's within dimensions, lah. So we got okay. different kind of operations for us to to check those dimensions. And you have been doing that for two and a half years. For two and a half years. Okay, so you are looking into looking into something different, probably for the next uh, few years, if there is an opportunity. Yeah, now because because I'm the type of person that I cannot stay and do the same job again. Oh, again. same like me. Yeah, me so too. <laughs> so eventually, I will lose interest in it. Yeah. So I need to find something new and to do something. Yeah. Understand. So that's yeah. the reason why. Okay, so interesting. All right. So at least we learn something about what does a quality inspector do. Yeah, the name itself mentioned quality inspector. So you know you have to make sure that the item is of quality of a certain standard before you can approve it. Yeah, yep. because we are talking about safety. Yes. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's all about safety of the people who is taking the plane. Yep. Okay, so next we have Fidaus Adris, who started his career in aviation as a trainee technician in 2003. He has worked in UK and Dubai and is now back in Singapore as an operation manager, leading a team of field services engineers. Fidaus is the 2015 Aircraft Maintenance Technology, 40 under 40 Aircraft Maintenance Professional, Next Gen Award winner. Wow! Congrats. Okay, so now I know that you're under 40. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. 
<laughs> Over 40 already <laughs> Okay But uh, nice to have you with us today I understand Fidaos You're actually from work right? Yes Okay. working from home uh, so. Oh working from home Yeah now with COVID Everybody's yeah. working from home Okay Maybe Fidaos yeah, For yourself Can you share with us uh, Your line of work And how did you get Into this industry? Okay uh, How I get into this industry Okay, My, my path is a bit different lah, Because mm. uh, I started After I uh, I'm not really good In, in studies in, in studies, I'm not really good in studies So, uh, that time after my N-level, I macam I malas lah nak, nak you know, sekolah ni semua kan So, then I came across uh, uh, articles uh, At that time, if when you were to remember at that time, during our time, that time Aviation <laughs> was not that popular Nothing, nothing about aviation school Okay, zero. at that time, this one is in the what, 90s? Early 2000 lah, I would say Oh, okay, uh, early 2000 Serious? Aviation is not that popular? Aviation, other than SIEST, oh, the yeah, rest, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. the problem is that in the 70s, uh, there used to be an aviation course in the poly, but due to the fact that Singapore is in the process of uh, becoming a developing country, mm-hmm. so the government invested heavily on manufacturing. Correct. So okay. they phase out uh, the aviation side, mm-hmm. so concentrate more on. Uh, Manufacturing. That's why aviation was aviation was dead uh, up till after two thousand. Yeah, because yeah. I understand Singapore want to be the aviation hub, right? Yes. So I guess yeah. that's where everything started. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Continue. So uh, at that time, after my N level, then I stumbled across this article. Uh, I saw uh, ST looking for trainee tech, mm. but then I qualified because uh, they need uh, after NS. So I told my parents, dah lah, masuk NS lah. I volunteer myself. So I volunteer for early NS. Oh, 17 okay. years old, I dah masuk NS that okay. time. So just the reason that I want to join uh, ni lah. So after I completed my NS, then uh, I still, after I completed, I kept, uh, there's no opening, sadly lah. So I managed to join uh, uh, CIS. They call it a CIS. Mm, that CIS, time, lah. okay. So Airport. after about two years, then I stumbled across this company, uh, aviation company called uh, Goodrich Aerostructure. Goodrich. Uh, so I apply as a trainee tech. So that's where my my career in aviation begins, lah. In in 2003. So after that, uh, I move I moved to a couple of companies, lah. I would say uh, about six to seven. All in Singapore. Or I mean worldwide? two in in uh, UK, UK and Dubai, Dubai, and the rest okay, mostly in Singapore, lah. Then from there, I, I work my way up. I work from uh, uh, from repair station to hangar to general aviation to commercial airline. And then now, currently, I'm doing this uh, my current job lah, which is uh, I'm doing more to the sales and transition of uh, aircraft. aircraft. Mm. Okay. So during those years, that means while working, do you take up courses to upgrade yourself? Oh uh, yes, yes. I I'm a, a strong advocate for that uh, because I myself. Uh, I'm not good in, in like I say I'm not good in studies. I don't have much like degrees or diploma. Those were the time. days lah. Maybe yeah, academic. I mean, at yeah. Academic. Yeah. Kan. Dah lepas NS kan macam sedar diri kan. Semua macam itu. Sama lah. Bukan awak seorang je. So I I macam you have to tebalkan muka lah. So I go to my my company. I say I want to go for course. You know. So Alhamdulillah. I mean most of my company they support. They quite supportive when you want to go for course. So most of my education I would say I get it from my company mm. or my uh, previous companies so i don't have like uh my the one that i got from the government singapore is only a level that's it <laughs> i don't even have ntc itc none of that oh. uh, so after that uh so most of my certification now is 
by company level lah so uh, until uh, during this especially during this covid my company been like uh, giving me online courses since like what march so oh. i just completed one course last last week so evasion uh, course evasion evasion related. mostly evasion mm. uh, related okay. lah so i would say yeah lah, i've been doing a lot of this online thing or uh, company courses maybe you can share with us what course did you actually take recently the most recent one was uh, the diploma in uh, aviation leadership and uh, and management development. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that is uh, that is online, but that's by the uh, one of uh, overseas overseas mm, uh, one of the Europe companies lah uh, that that doing this. Uh, and then uh, apparently uh, we are one of the first few uh, applicants for this uh, program, so we, we are the first graduates uh, that they would say okay. for this course. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So let's say now, okay, you came in those days in the early, I mean, in the year 2000. Let's say now with 2020, with year 2020. If there are people out there who say that they are interested to join the aviation company without much experience or without much um, qualification, what would be your personal advice? Okay, I would say now, now the the game that totally changed. Okay, back then you can enter with N level, you know, but now I would say minimum at least diploma. At least, at least minimum diploma. Diploma in general diploma. In general, you know, okay. uh, so that's the criteria. So, I would say the the, the standards have been lifted lah tremendously. Because of all of you. Yes, uh, not not saying me, no sorry. But of course, uh, of course, Singapore orang nak build up the standard, correct, right? So correct. they have to. They have to maintain, mm. yes. But correct. I think the the company who started all this so-called shitting is actually SIA. SIA, yes. Yeah, okay. because mm. to be a normal technician Correct. now, they're asking for a diploma. That be a is. trainee technician. And for the AMI, you need a bloody degree. But actually, in yeah. real life, you don't need a diploma or degree because at the end of the day, if even you have a degree, when you go into aviation, you still have to take the professional course. Cert. Yeah, so it go back to square one. So it's just a, I don't know what you call it, I believe the di- the diploma is just an entry point. It's not an entry point. Okay. Seriously, it's not an entry I point. I mean, just now Fidawas mentioned that you need to have a diploma to be in the industry. Then after that, as I set the standard, set the standard. Oh, okay. After that, as still follow the standard. Okay. As long to me, it's simple. As long as you are in, uh, if you want to work with the government uh, or any company which is related to the government, you need this. But if you go to the private sector. They don't need this. They are look. They look more into your experience and your oh, capability. Okay. So, kind of like double standard. Yeah, in a way. So in a way, this SIA will uh, set the benchmark. So all this, this, this custom, this, this other companies will will follow lah. I would mm. say so. Yeah. Become like uh, now. I, most of the company that I know, so like minimum is diploma, diploma, diploma. Like SIA, yeah. Like you say, technician is diploma oh, minimum, okay. which I find it is crazy lah. Uh, so, because I myself is not a diploma holder, right? So, I, when when you when you put that kind of standard, Too I would say, kesian lah budak-budak yang lain yang yes, really yes. have passion, uh, but right. then they or maybe like they are similar situation like me, they are All not right. good in studies, but then they like uh, hands like, on. Yeah, they like then they, they are they are, they are not they are given stuck. that opportunity. They are stuck, you know, correct? Just because the requirement is diploma, but to me, no lah. I think they should do something about that lah. I I totally. Don't agree with with what's what's happening like with Venezuela. Yeah, yeah it's true. Mm. Never mind. We hope one day four of you can come up with something. 
So you can uh, Kita dah tua already lah <laughs> You all dah tua But the the experience You see uh, That you have to share With the youngsters Yeah I think this is This is interesting mm. I mean we Yeah I agree with you uh, I agree your concern Sometimes we know There are Young people out there Who has the passion Who has the talent But they just don't have The qualification Yeah And we don't want Because of Just because of that uh, Paper qualification They missed Um to to perform or to be the best in their life yeah yeah okay so next we'll go to Wayne so I could say he's the most experienced person among all of you here yeah in the aviation industry since he joined in June 1999 so that's about 21 years of working experience so you are licensed aircraft maintenance engineer dealing with heavy maintenance on airframes and engines so Wayne maybe you can share with us what exactly do you do basically uh Monopoly is simple, it's like a car. Okay. Okay. A car every 5,000 or 10,000 or every six months you have to do for servicing. Yes. So, it, aeroplane is also the same. Okay. But aircraft, we, we base on the flight hours or cycle or whichever comes first. Yeah. It's either you come, every, you do it every two years or every weekly. It depends on what sort of uh, maintenance program you opt for. So basically, yeah. aeroplanes will go to your company, and you will be in charge of maintaining and make sure that you know the aeroplane are in good, um, good state to fly again. Is this way to say? Is basically aircraft come in, we strip the aircraft down until bare, we check everything, then put back everything, do the test, then certified for fit for flying. Okay, so in your course of job, is there any situation where the situation is so bad that it becomes unfit for flying? Uh, especially from aircraft from third world countries. Okay, okay. what did you... Their budget is very tight mm -hmm. uh, and they have to keep on flying. Mm. Yeah, sometimes it's like a chicken and egg story to them. Yeah, like for us is. For us, it's another set of problem whereby, kind of like once you are licensed engineer, technically half of your body is in the prison really. Because if anything happened to it, if you release the aircraft, anything happens to it. Uh, and I mean, if it's not in full condition, if it comes down to mm -hmm. the ground, you will be If you sign for it, if it's your fault, you can be charged for manslaughter, the minimum. Okay. For wow. negligence, also you can be charged for manslaughter, average of five to what ten years inside. So does do all the people in your line understood these big responsibilities? Yes. So long you sign on the dotted line, even as a technician, okay. If it, if they sign for the job, okay, they are liable too. So we as an uh, aircraft engineer, licensed guy, we check, do a thorough check on what they do and make sure it's safe enough to fly because whatever we do people life is at stake yeah but yeah. sometimes as a human being i mean we are not i don't know maybe i'm right i'm just say, i'm just saying this from a layman's point of view but sometimes maybe we do miss certain thing or is it something that's impossible it's impossible to miss anything there's a saying in the industry uh, uh, as the older you get or as the more laucha you are you get more slack yeah okay. so I do not know about others. Like for me, normally, I'll, I I have the habit of calling 
colleagues to counter check even though i've checked already make sure they counter check make sure that it's safe enough oh yeah. okay so that's what you did yeah. to be on the safe side for yourself yeah. okay yeah. to get at least um second or third opinion yeah to be honest if the aircraft goes down if you do not know anyone from from that aircraft okay it's okay but if your relative is inside that aircraft and it goes down then you know how it feels yeah i understand i guess at the end of the day is the big responsibility that you you feel that you owe once you sign on the dotted lines yeah, yeah. okay so i believe that those who has the intention of going to what you are doing they really have to consider this yeah because it's a matter of really life and death yeah it's not a matter of something that we can just take it lightly okay so let's move on to our next question that maybe i would like to ask um any one of you to answer lately we have heard so much sad news about how covid-19 has affected the industry badly so my next question to all of you has covid-19 actually affected your income directly indirectly or not at all maybe for me you can start for yourself um i think for me as a cadet pilot right now um yeah we actually do not get any allowances we only start getting it once we start line training which is uh, flying the aircraft itself so as for me previously you know earning income for a few years and then suddenly don't have any income of course i was already prepared for it um i mean i made sure i had savings and let's say throughout the years when i was in training and my savings were depleting you know um i there was a few times there was a delay in training um, so actually what i did was i came back to singapore and then i just worked part time did whatever job i could just to to earn some income so as for me when uh, covid came of course in terms of allowances and everything for me it was really just the same not much difference you know however this covid has taught me really one thing mm-hmm. uh, which is that we must as much as possible have a side income yeah as much as possible if we can um even when i was an engineer as well at that time i i already was doing something on the side you know i was always trying to do some some small businesses but of course they do not last long but at least i know that i've tried so at least this has really proven to me that technically everyone is dispensable unless you're working with a government sector lah you know so i think in terms of income wise um yeah if we can just have a side income you know do small businesses if we can and there's there's no shame in doing it at all yeah, yeah. or maybe make sure that uh, while we are working we do have certain amount of savings every yeah. month yeah yeah sure i mean that we put aside some for savings for rainy days yeah and mm. and one thing also i realized that if i don't have the means you know we shouldn't get it you know i think this covid has really taught me a lot yeah i realized that if i don't have the means i shouldn't get it you know as much as there's always a credit card or whatever we should just like hold on to it and temptation that yeah. is temptation credit card yeah, is temptation i do have friends for example who are in the local carriers and yeah you know like you say it's all glam and everything initially um yes they've got the big paycheck initially and they've bought big ticket items such as house and cars and right now they are branded items they are pretty struggling lah you know mm. i mean i w- i never really ask them how they are going about it but i can see that it's not easy on them so this is something that really open up my eyes yeah okay yeah. kati how about yourself does covid-19 affect your profession uh currently yes i think since uh march yeah because all this while all the way until right now i'm actually 
surviving through the bonus that they give oh. because after the they declared during you know this lockdown period you know uh, we didn't have OT OT was freezed okay no more okay. OT my okay. increment was freezed my promotion was freezed uh. and then currently we only get basic and then right now basic income is still uh, there basic income is still there okay but currently right now uh, they use up my leave my mm. entitled leave right uh, to make it as a shorter work week Um yeah every friday they use it and then so I only work from monday to thursdays oh you only work from monday, yeah, to, monday thursdays. to thursdays uh, it, it depends on certain weeks lah mm. because mm. they themselves planned it out for us mm. all the way until december oh. so be, the reason why because they don't know how long will this pandemic period last so that's the reason why they all uh, have a forecast of how this year will end lah so they make us have a shorter work week period If you don't mind sharing with us, okay, how much did you bring in previously and now? I mean, if you don't mind. Be- previously, yeah. Yeah. All right. Or uh, maybe how much is the uh, percentage drop? Okay. If you ask me, fifty percent, lah. Fifty percent. Fifty percent. Okay. But so the reason why because my basic is quite low. Ah. Yeah, and most of the time I earn bigger. Overtime, through yeah, overtime. Yeah, through overtime because. For me, I work Monday to Friday, and mm. Saturday, Sunday is my off days. Mm. So we normally have Saturday as 1.5, and Sunday times two. Yep. So, yep. okay, even though I'm still quite young, okay, yes, yes. I don't get to go out regularly Correct. due to for But me. Exactly. I mean, being 26 year old, you already yeah. feel that how much you are bringing in is not, not much. Yeah. Ah. So that's the reason I need to hit the maximum amount of OT, mm. so that I can bring home at least two six, probably mm. two six to seven. So if you say by fifty percent, that means okay. Um, if let's say if your example, if your income is four thousand, that means now you're bringing back two thousand. Yeah. Let's say yeah. Yeah. Because you say bring uh, it goes down as low as fifty percent. Yeah, that's a lot. It's yeah. not fifteen, but it's fifty. Then I I had to use the you know the government five hundred dollars per month for the next three months. You know they had the scheme. I even applied for that. Yeah, sir. So did you qualify? Yeah, I did, did. Ah, okay. And then coming up, I think this October they have it all the way till December. Yeah, so I go reapply for that again, ah. Yeah. So whatever government is giving you, take, take, take. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you deserve it. You deserve yeah. it. Okay. So I think to you, for you, you are directly in a way affected. But the good news is that you are still working. Yeah. You are still employed. Yeah. No, yeah. the the reason why because I need to have the scheme and you know whatever money I'm able to get because my father's working at SIA, mm. okay. And then currently due to SIA, at first from June all the way to end of July they didn't have job. Yeah, they were on hold. Oh. And then after that, then they restart this shift, saying that two weeks work, two weeks it's no work. Uh, mm. So it's unpaid. Oh. Yeah. Then my father started to work, you know, security jobs, lah. Yep. Yep. Right yep. now, he started to apply for Grab, you know, to drive yes. and all. So I don't want to make such a big uh, impact on him. So I need to find whatever I'm able to get for me to get money, you know, for me to sustain whatever household items, bills, everything that I can pay for. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So at least on the good side, also you're still single. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, but eventually <laughs> you have to get married, right? Yeah. Understand, understand. Okay, how about yourself, Idaus? Uh, okay, for me, both ah, uh, mm. affect and doesn't affect. Because uh, okay, when I say affect, is uh, most our current job uh, requires traveling. Mm. So uh, that's the most affected part of. Uh, no more traveling. Mm. Uh, but the good thing is uh, some of the aircraft 
uh, is in Singapore and uh, there's a lot of uh, airlines going bankrupt so they need our expertise to uh, to provide us services for them in terms of uh, records all these kind of stuff lah in order to take the aircraft back mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so in a way we are pretty safe on that area so uh, so it's a bit both uh, affected because we cannot travel so we lose out on the traveler uh, traveling allowance our mm-hmm. perdims those kind right. of stuff mm-hmm. but in terms of work wise no we still okay uh, we You're still, still been, uh, we've been getting a lot of work mm-hmm. um, when this covid actually started i mean i support like company like win uh, sia that's our major customer so they still call us uh, to do inspection for them so i would say a bit of both uh, okay yeah. okay mm. but do you think that with this covid thing um you spend more time with your family oh definitely definitely <laughs> because uh, for me when i started this company my my current company my first day of job is in thailand <laughs> Then my wife was asking, eh, betul ke kau ni company ni? <laughs> First day of work ni report kat Thailand. Lain macam je. Dia pun macam lain macam je. Thailand eh. Mana-mana tu sebab Thailand. So, uh, I would say, uh, then, I would, macam, my work ni, travel a lot lah, a lot. Oh, uh, so, normally in one month, how many times you are in Singapore? <coughs> Sorry. One month, uh, I How many times in Singapore? No, in not Singapore, how many times eh. travelling? Uh, I would say one week, two weeks. No lah, maybe three weeks. I would say okay. Singapore. So then the rest I'll be traveling. About one week, you'll be traveling. Uh, two weeks traveling. The most I was in Subang, three months. Oh, like that, three uh, months. Then sometimes two weeks, three oh. weeks. So uh, I think the longest was in Subang lah. Then after that in Taiwan for two months. Oh, okay. Uh, so I I lose a lot of like family gatherings, okay. birthdays, those kind of stuff. But then now especially oh. Now orang dah bosan nak tengok ayah kat rumah. When you want to fly again because every time I fly I bring back toys for the boys right. So orang dah tak ada toys lagi kan. When you want to fly back. Oh you fly back. So yalah that's the only thing but I spend a lot of time with them now which is good lah. Fidoz just now you mentioned that you travel a lot. I mean you have experience working overseas. Just just me wondering why you still come back to Singapore to work. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I got this a lot actually. <laughs> People want to go out, why you still want to yes. come back? Yes. Uh, so, uh, when I first started to move to UK, uh, I went there for about uh, close to two years, and then I got a job with Emirates, mm. and I moved to Emirates. Then that's where I met my 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 wife lah. Mm. My wife also was flying for Emirates at that time. But she's a Singaporean. Singaporean. Oh, I thought uh, she's so a. So, dia about five Arabian. years. Tak local, baby. So uh, she also was about flying for five years at that time with Emirates. So mm. then we decided that okay lah, kita pun dah lama uh, in in overseas. Then our SPF also getting lower kan. Nanti oh. kita nak beli rumah pun problem ke apa. So we both decide to come back lah. So I come back first. I come back to Singapore. I to pun coincidentally that I come back actually for holiday. Then when I, I was living in uh, in Yishun, then we drove past this company called Jet Aviation. I say, yeah, company ni yeah. So or maybe I just try lah. So I just submit my resume. Uh, pergi ke office dia. Yeah. Ah, itulah. Terus I got the reply immediately. Wow. So I went for the interview because I told them I'm going back to Dubai. So if you can give me a interview, be good lah. So mm. they call me for interview immediately. Then I got the job. Uh, then uh, then after that, my wife joined me later when she got pregnant in in the sana kasana. Then she come back. So that's why we come back to decide to, yeah lah. 
Okay. Hmm. So now your wife is uh, still oh, no. flying? No, no. She stopped flying when she gave birth. Lah. <laughs> okay. Ah, so, yeah. so now you are the breadwinner of the family? No, no. She's still working. Oh, ah. she's still working. No, Singapore <laughs> tak boleh lah. Singapore <laughs> tak boleh. <laughs> Thanks, Tan. Okay. Tak boleh. next chapter. Eh. Okay. So, uh, okay. Win, yourself. Are you affected? Does your workflow being affected with this COVID? Basically, more or less, I'm kind of like with Firdaus uh, case whereby... The COVID affect us because I a lot of uh, so-called politics aircraft cannot come in. There's a restriction here and there, yeah. But at the same time, also uh, we don't have any retrenchment, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of aircraft pending to come in. Pending to come in, to yeah. Come once in. because uh, we not only. Uh, do third party uh, repair and overhaul for airlines we also service the leasing company okay okay because of this pandemic a lot of airlines close shop so now the leasing company is trying their best to bring all the aircraft from wherever they are come to singapore do the service do the storage and get ready once the door is open it's like it will be like a hot kick all this aircraft yeah but once when the door is open the question is we don't know when will the door be open so uh, in the meantime it will be open in the maybe next year or so just that i mean personally for me i think okay regional flying okay will be the one will be the first okay to shoot up okay mm-hmm. not long distance like uh, inter, inter, international, international flights, flights yeah, yeah. Regional. regional because throughout 20 years of my experience in aviation okay whatever i mean we have the 1997 crisis we have the 2008 crisis mm-hmm. and now we have the sars then we have the covid okay regional never dies they only survive because no matter what People still want to get out of the country and relax. Yeah. Yep. So no matter what, regional still. See, like uh, big countries like like US, Australia now, mm-hmm. they are regional still flying even at low rate, but it is still flying. Yeah, compared to international flights. Okay. Uh, that's why the trend of uh, now airline amending or returning back or selling off their white body aircraft is now is like a trend. Everybody try to make uh, stick to the minimum uh, regional. Maybe below 250 and below. Yeah, big aircraft. See, even SIA, damn, they are 380s. Mm. Yeah, it's a big flop. Because how can you put so many people there? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's tough to fit in um, more than 500 passengers in a plane. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. easier if it's like maybe 100 plus, 200. Anything I, I would say about 200 and below is more manageable. I think okay. for any aircraft, if you can... F- you need to fit at least 80%, 80% of the capacity then you are break even correct and yeah. going regional is the answer 50 minimum 50 i mean some regional aircraft is 60 packs some is 80 packs some is 100 packs which is i think it's very easy to fill and if you do example city hopping let's say it's, uh, singapore kl jakarta if you do one big round you can regionally yeah what, 45 minutes, 2 hours flight? I think one day how many yep. touch and go you can do? You can make heaps of money. Yep. So that's yeah. where you're looking at. Because uh, example like uh, Asia, proof, 
they did that first initially regional until they become so big even lion air did that yeah so yeah. i i think at the end of the day is based on individual airline how their business uh, strategy is uh. fidos you know anything you want to add yeah i have to agree with uh Wayne on this because uh for me especially because i'm dealing with the leasing company a lot of my time uh, so this this uh leasing company they will like uh sometimes they, they will uh stress the mros like when their focus to to you know get in all their, their aircraft in you know so because some of these airlines uh especially now pandemic they are they are really not making any money at all they couldn't fill in their the passenger so and we heard we just spoke about it that a few of the airlines like Transnusa being you know uh, under uh, bankrupt so uh, this this covid is uh, really affecting the the airlines i would say lah the bigger airlines the bigger airlines mm. lah yes but not the smaller one mm. yeah because i would say now uh, i can see that uh, borders are slowly op- uh, opening, opening up, up because we are we are still traveling i just sent out a uh, few of my uh, colleagues to Jakarta, to India, and to Malaysia, especially now Singapore Malaysia have this agreement, mm-hmm. the RGL. Uh, I don't know what they they, they call it lah, reciprocal uh, lane. So slowly, I would say I can see that all these these uh, places are opening up. Opening up. Yeah, but not as a passenger. Correct. It's more uh, of more working. Working. Yeah. So uh, in in that sense, I would say. Uh, still, still okay, still safe, uh, but then. Uh, I would say next year, late next year to the following year, then we can see like a normal uh, uh, path, lah. Yeah. But not, not anytime sooner. Mm. Yeah. Everybody is predicting probably until end of this year. Yeah. We hope that end of this year. No, it's not happening. Oh, it's not applicable. So it's going to be longer. Be longer. For oh. you, you are talking about the normal holiday. People want to go holiday, is it? Um. Yeah. I thought no. probably by January weekend. Impossible. No. <laughs> Normally, I think the earliest is end of next year for normal traveling. Yes. Ooh. But for work, work, work-related travel, I think as early as end of this year, mm. I think everything okay. should be normal. That's where all the regional flights we start mm. to fly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Even before COVID happens, okay, a lot of company now is flying, uh, even flying budget airline mm. to cut yeah. costs. Even yeah, even my ex, my ex director, our managing director also fly, don't fly first class. Yeah, because yeah. the objective is just point A to point B, do the meeting, then come back. Yeah, I think I can see these regional uh, flights probably in Malaysia. Yeah, because their country is big. Maybe in Singapore we don't see it that much because yeah, we it's impossible. So yeah, I I, I think now I can I get the the sense of it. Yeah, probably in Malaysia, probably in certain parts of the world where the country is very big. So regionally, it's it is possible. It's possible. Yeah. But also, it depends on. Uh, in, but now recently we just heard that uh, Indonesia having a lockdown again. Mm. So it all depends. Uh, because now it's very hard to predict. Uh. Every day there's new new regulation yes. going on. So really like uh, if every time I got a request in Jakarta, I say okay we can go Jakarta. But then today I got the news oh they're having a lockdown. So we have to Cannot. check. Yeah. So uh, you have to take play by the ear. Uh. Yes, um, yes, yes. Correct. That means every day it's uh, we are open for new things. Yes, yeah? yes. Okay, Kati, maybe for yourself before we end off, for those who are listening uh, to us right now and maybe they are keen to join the aviation industry what would be your personal advice to them i mean if you ask me right now don't uh, due to this covid thing 
Sorry, I don't get you. I mean, if you ask me right now for yeah. this moment, don't join aviation <laughs> for now, lah. <laughs> no, oh, because, no, because for now you 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 definitely regret, lah. Okay. For now you definitely regret. But if you ask me once it's being boosted up all over again, then probably you know there will be a higher demand. And people start to hire more and all because quite recently, quite a lot of companies have been going through retrenchment. Even my company went through retrenchment, mm-hmm. but uh, they didn't affect the hourly stuff. They only affected the salary stuff. So if you ask me, probably another maybe two years time later, you'll be back on track again, lah. Then there'll be more hiring, there more job opportunities. And I think schools all will be more interested. You know, that the market just open up. For this aviation sector. So, what do you think? If they want to join, let's say the market is good, everything is good. What do you think they should have to prepare them for this industry, to be different from others? To be different from others, sir. Okay. I mean, do you need to have a certain just like like for yourself? You have that passion. You have yeah. that interest in you know uh, building things up yeah. for you. So. You know, because I I don't want them to go in thinking that oh this job is so glamorous, it gives a high pay. So what what um skills that they need to have? Okay, if you ask me, quite a lot of people they don't have this kind of passion. It's very rare to find this kind of passion. You know, uh, for you to be more hands on and all. Even quite a lot of my classmates, you know, they were saying IT with me, and then uh, they all were in the same class. We all did uh, aerospace. We all did together. Then eventually. The system they brought up in IT, right? Initially, we had four classes. Then, for us to do high netec, from four classes, you need to squeeze it to one class. Oh. Yeah, and then what do the other students with lower grade? Oh. You know, e- even though they are they are not you know, uh, theory wise intellectual, but they are more hands wise intellectual. You know, then for if you want to degrade this kind of uh, system, so that other people you know the higher Intellectual kids, you know, they can go into this one class. Then what happens to other kids? Mm. You know, then what other kids do is they find another course, like mechatronics, or they find other courses like you know, culinary. You know, wha- whatever other courses they are able to get lah. Precisely. So, but their initial passion was whatever they had it in these four classes, and then they squeeze into one. Then you know, this kind of system is the one that degrades you know the students from you know having this kind of passion. So so what I did was I found a loophole instead of going to this high netec I said went to diploma mm-hmm. which is a private diploma which is by ATTC which is Celeta and which is I'm able to continue my passion in this kind of way lah so if you have the passion just go for it lah if you really think that you're being stuck find something that you are really good in it if not don't really waste your time at all <laughs> yep yeah. so just now you mentioned diploma ATTC What is it? it is uh, Air Transport Training College is at uh, Seleta. Yes. Okay. And how long is the diploma? Uh, specialist diploma is a year, and then uh, the normal diploma. So that means after one year, it's good enough. Yeah. It 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 is basically CAS based papers, but uh, they basically it's so called like you know a tuition for you to take like your CAS papers to be licensed as a LAE, you know. So uh, that is like a crash course or whatever. Poly mm. school, they does you know they do it for three years, right? We do it for one year, oh, so you okay. crash course, and then like every week you got exams, <laughs> like end of the week you got an exam, end of the week you got an exam. And you made it, right? Somehow made it, lah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that means it is possible. <laughs> yeah, it is possible, lah. It la. is possible. So uh, right after the school, uh, there was a little up and down there. That I the first 
company that I was is Perivini lah. Mm. Because the school is the one that told me, you know, Perivini was having working interview mm. during this date and this date. Uh, oh. And they do back you up with whatever interviews they have lah. Oh, so get. that means they do support you. Yeah, they do. Okay, interesting. For me yourself, if there are people out there who has the passion, the dream to fly, what's your advice to them? Yeah, um, I agree with Karthik. Um, as of now, yeah, I mean, there are so many retrenched pilots out there, you know, in Emirates, uh, let's say right now, so supposedly in SQ and stuff. You can only imagine how many uh, pilots would want to get back into the industry in the next year or so. So if, let's say, you are now... Um, as a fresh cadet who wants to apply, let's say, a CPL, a commercial pilot license on your own, you pay your own money, you're going to pay, let's say, $200,000. Hmm. There's no way you're going to get a job once you get your license. Of course, all the flying academies are out there, you know, oh, yes, yes, come to our flying academy. Of course, they, they want the money, you see. They don't care whether you get a job after that. But based on, let's say, you want to get to the industry, okay, I, I don't think you should enter it right now. Um, and I guess that's where I come in in a sense that I always feel that we should have a backup. And as for me, yes, I so I've got friends. Um, okay, like right, I got one friend who's thirty and he's already a captain with Jetstar. But because he only entered with A levels, he worked his way up, and you know, um, all the way. And but he only has A levels now. And I say Jetstar also they're on no pay leave. And for him as a captain in Jetstar, it's so hard to find to find a job. In the current world, because I mean, in, in in Singapore, because he only has A levels, so I think that's when I feel that sometimes you should have a backup. Um, if you can like go, yeah, get your diploma or degree or whatever, just go get it for the sake of that paper, yeah. And then, like Wayne said, at the end of the day, after that, it's all about your experience, really. You know, just get that paper to enter, and after that, you work your way up. So mm. I think if you really want to enter the industry right now, I suggest maybe not go and work on something else, and then perhaps. In the next two years or so, then you know you can try and get okay. back inside. Yeah. Okay. Maybe last few words from Fidaos or Win. Your personal advice. Uh, for me, uh, different scale, lah. Eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say different. If you you are looking into in the, uh, to enter the aviation, depend on which area you want to go into. So not not all aviation are bad. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I mean, if you look into the airlines especially and then on the manufacturing side yes they are affected bitly before because for manufacturing airlines is not ordering any more engines no, so mm-hmm. they are affected quite bad then airlines they are not flying so they got no revenue but then you, there's a lot of other areas in in, in the aviation, in aviation industry, industry that is actually still going strong mm. so if you want to really your passion is in aviation i suggest you go for it but then do your homework uh, you find out more what what because aviation is very broad. It doesn't only uh, yes. evolve around maintenance or flying. So uh, there's a lot of others like like on my side uh, the delivering or the the record side, the planning side or you know there's a lot lah. So you, uh, my advice is if you really want to enter aviation, you find out from all your peers or, or you enter LinkedIn, which I always uh, recommend to my my uh, interns. Mm. You go LinkedIn. You LinkedIn. you add up all these network professional uh, players in the aviation. You know you like their posts. You you interact with their posts, and then you find out more. You ask questions to all because in on LinkedIn is especially all the big shots are there. Are there. <laughs> it's not like Facebook, you know, or, or in uh, Instagram. So these people are yeah. professional. Correct. So correct. if you you if somebody like. Uh, 
a trainee or intern they, sometimes they drop me a message they ask for opinion then mm. we we of course we help them so they get a lot of uh, ideas okay. which they don't get outside outside yes. you know you get direct information from all these players yes from the so, real people correct so what I, i'm suggesting like if you really want to then you go for it but then you do your homework lah you macam you, you cannot be malas or uh, alamat evasion macam gini but then of course if you put in a bit more effort yeah i'm sure you, you my company is hiring a, a lot of other companies are hiring as well so oh, okay. you know, it all depends lah how how you really want that that uh, yeah first job, i believe it, the initial the initial the the enthusiasm must come from you first yes, yeah correct. then Agree. you will look for help yeah, yeah and i think hmm. what advice you share with us that is very good hmm. yeah i think lingin is a good place where we can look for real professionals correct. to help yeah. us in the particular industry that we are hmm. looking into i got my job in linkedin so hmm. linkedin is actually a very strong platform hmm. if you know how to play with it lah uh, so uh, that's my 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 advice is lah okay mm. okay wait yourself 21 years of experience i think not only in aviation okay whatever industry you want to go into it okay is the passion because uh, i've been dealing with interns from police and ITEs for more than what more than 7 8 years mm-hmm. okay I mean one good example is Kati mm. his whole batch he's the only one left and how the many in his old batch the how rest many? all change industry how many of you kati 45 out of 45 who went yeah, for there, there was this top student okay there was this top student okay and he he signed on with rose royce later he he went to paris he worked later now he got a kid but the fellow is older than me like he's around like three to four years older okay okay um, right now he's, he's still in the industry lah But the rest of my friends are all in mechatronics, semiconductors, and so some. So only two of you left. Yeah, uh, then banking, finance. You know, yeah. From from the whole point of aviation, ah, uh, to banking, it's like it's like a totally new world. You know. <laughs> I guess I guess most of the time when when I receive new interns, okay, most of the answer when I ask them why you why in aviation, okay, very popular. My dad say is a good, uh, good job with good pay. Uh, can travel a lot, free traveling, yes. blah blah blah, all these things and high pay. Okay, technically it's correct. Okay, but at the end of the day, it's all depend on you. Yeah, you decide your fate, you decide your destiny, your path. Okay, but at the same time, I feel that. Teachers, lecturers in poly and IT misguide a lot of their students in aviation courses. Yeah, they told them all the nice stories, beautiful pictures. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but I'm not sure whether they are really in the industry that long or not. I'm not sure. I think those lecturers should invite one of you. <laughs> yeah. No, be- because, because initially while I was in IT, right? Okay, halfway through IT, the one year, right? So I was thinking like, you know, why aerospace? They say, okay, I mean, that's when you know, you watch CSI, 
you know into criminology you know you find out you know forensics you know that I was quite a keen you know for for getting you know about this then I even told that, that I found out you know I found my place you know where to go for criminology you know for studies you know at the university I told my father that I was stubborn that I told my teacher you know I quit yeah, blah 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 <laughs> then eventually he used to say no if you ask me this kind of sector of criminology and forensics uh, is best in like US you know the, those 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 areas that you know they have so many criminals like you know Singapore you cannot run away run anywhere right so there's no point of you having this criminology in Singapore yeah. so if you want to work in this kind of sector you need to go like US or Australia you know all these kind of places eventually he is the one who brainwashed me you know <laughs> yeah, but he was in RSF uh, RCF that you know he told his life story la, all these kind of things that he eventually maybe stay in IT la. Mm-hmm. so that's the reason why I continue aviation Okay, yeah. so eventually they met Wayne. Then the other thing is, I mean, like if you go down on the floor, meet a lot of people in the industry innovation. Most of them, there are only left two groups of people: who one who really love the, the industry, job. the mm-hmm. job, and another one got nowhere else to go, too old. Yeah, they are stuck. Stuck in the job. Yeah, they're stuck. <laughs> they can't go. Okay, being reason. I cannot get the same pay if I change. Yeah. Where else yeah. can I go? And I don't want to learn yeah. new things. I don't want to start all over all again. again. Yeah. So I think now is about time ITs and police they really need to revamp. Revamp or re reeducate their lecturers or teacher or whatever. Okay. Because like I said, okay, every every intake of interns, okay, I we take in. 99 left the industry after they graduate. Wow. Yeah. Because it's not a cup of tea, especially because when when you do intern, they rotate you. You 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 work in the store, mm-hmm. you handle parts, spares, mm-hmm. so you get familiarized. Mm-hmm. Then you do in the planning department, learn how to plan all the paperwork. Eventually the bonus part, hanger. <laughs> That's where people get shocked, culture shock. That's yeah. the most hard job. Uh, because most of the time, hard and dirty job. Yeah, eight out, eight out of ten uh, interns, we 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 tell us that uh, I thought engineer only hold pens and sit in the office. <laughs> I say, yeah, that's your engineer, but not the real world. Yeah. That's why they have a lot of culture shock. Yeah, even though. Some of my friends, okay, even though they are licensed engineer, after five six years or so, with a good pay, they still leave. Because long hours, okay, married to the job, yeah, and the responsibility, the stress, all, they also leave, yeah. So, like I said, it's either you love the job. Oh, you got nowhere else to go. You're still in the industry. Other than that, yeah. Yeah, either you love the job or you are stuck yeah. in the job. But I can see among all of you, I can see that uh, Fidoz is enjoying his job quite, quite, quite well. I can see that his job is quite relaxed. I no, mean, it's, I'm not it's, it's, it's a hard work. Interesting. You <laughs> frequently fly, of course. Exactly. You get to fly. Where is the stress of Fidoz? I want to know where is your stress. No, no. I mean, actually, for the rest, I kind of know. <laughs> okay, a lot of misconceptions are saying, oh, hmm. you're so lucky, yeah. you know, you fly. You get to right? fly, yes. But the stress part, you all can see, you know. That's so what we want to know. Yeah, <laughs> the, the stress part is actually okay. When when I go overseas to to deal with all this this customer, then uh, it's like because you are dealing with a million dollar stuff here, a big boy toys, right? 
so you have to make sure that you are there the aircraft can can after that it can fly and then do whatever they want to do so we have to make sure that we are there for only like three four weeks you make sure that everything from a to z is done so if you are delay if you lepa lepa you know all this will be come back to you so the customer will always be on your ball lah. they will be chase you on the back they give you like a nightmare so that's the part that uh, you all don't see but you all see from the Instagram or fly aeroplane or yeah business class lah, you know, like yeah that. that's the, 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 the visual the job part. is really stress lah, stressful I mean anybody in the aviation will, will say that aviation is a very stressful place yeah, to be yeah I, I, I can agree because normally on your home base at your home base okay you are more relaxed because why you have all the supports in your home base mm. but once you go for uh, another country on-site you go um, uh, on-site uh, no support once you mm. go for travel party uh, I tell you that's where all the shit start to come because why because if you delay or you take your own sweet time instead of making profit you're gonna make a loss mm. yeah and you have to be accountable for that yes yeah. and also every single thing you do your customer is just behind you standing <laughs> looking every single thing because why they charge you let's say for example one instance like aog basis aircraft on ground they need the engineer urgently to fix the problem because every hour aircraft on the ground cost them money mm. so he will behind you all the way from the day eh, from the time you land like until the oh. day you fly mm. away yeah 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 so sometimes very, very sometimes you you want to take a break also they say why are you going yeah See, yeah really when i, I was on site we don't we rarely go for a break yeah mm. because on, on normally if you go for a working party we don't like at home base we work 8 10 hours a day mm-hmm. but when we do working party we work 12 to 18 hours a day sometimes more i even i will work until 4 o'clock in the morning tomorrow mm. 8 o'clock start again i thought you are being treated um, extra nice no we yeah, are paid to do the job <laughs> not to go for holiday no. oh so so that three weeks is doing a job a good job yes, yeah not uh, to go for holiday saturday sunday there's no saturday yes. sunday okay. so uh, you basically work that, well, 13 days straight straight yes wow you can take a break like you know maybe i i need a break one day break you know the customer will understand uh, you know but then of course you not like normal eight to five you know you can go back five o'clock you got your tea break at three o'clock no, no oh, such thing uh. okay uh, so when you're there basically your mind you have to be like focused uh. mm. so the stressful part will come when example uh, you find a defect then the airline cannot rectify on time then the aircraft delay and then you know that's the stress part oh why why is the aircraft not coming out why you know blah, blah, blah. so you go back to you lah mm. but in your personal experience what is the worst case scenario that you have ever encountered <laughs> or not at all uh, not not really lah not okay. not uh, not that bad not that bad lah okay. but uh, in a way like macam uh, passenger already boarding the aircraft and then we we did an inspection on the engine and then we found something that is unserviceable meaning oh. that the act, the engine based on the manual because we all have to work on the manual like mm-hmm. a bible eh? mm-hmm. so based on that that manual we have to fail that engine we can that engine cannot cannot fly mm. so then we can see all the passenger going in oh happy happy <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, but then the airline will be like, very pissed off lah because they will pissed off at us because we fail the engine right? right so they are not making money because of that so uh, then there's a lot of back and forth back and forth arguments you know <laughs> you, you are trying to justify your findings they're trying to find fault with you no this is okay you know mm. so there's a lot of uh, arguments stress so it will take a lot of time a very time consuming because 
you will be in the hangar from like 8 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock in the morning still haven't rectified the problem oh. you know? so that's a stress stressful part lah i would say mm. but eventually in the end all are settled no fly lah <laughs> when you say no fly means no fly lah. oh, <laughs> you cannot okay. you cannot argue oh, they with cannot that override lah. you mm. okay yeah. that's the thing sometimes like like for us doing third party we do on behalf of airline when they call us when we say cannot fly it means cannot fly we are so called squeeze in between mm. okay airline cannot make money and our boss is sometimes angry why mm. they cannot fly uh, because if they don't fly they cannot make money they will not they come will back not. to us mm-hmm. see it's like yeah sometimes it's yeah <laughs> we are sometimes put at difficult situation when money when money matters yeah it's concern yeah. Yep. because yeah. if they cannot fly means that maybe they cannot pay you on time also because i ever come into a situation whereby we were called aog i was fly to s- somewhere in thailand i don't know where the hell i am because i only know i reached bangkok they took me on private jet to i don't know where and the instruction was i was given a one-way ticket instruction was aircraft don't fly you don't go home yeah so we like practically struggling every day until two three o'clock in the morning to solve the problem and we are not at our home base we only bring the minimum equipment yeah so it's very difficult sometimes stressful in the end we have to call back home to ask for help assist this because we don't have our stuff yeah so it's very stressful and the customer just sit down beside you look at you ask why 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 and because these are the things that people don't actually see yes because and, uh, you never share precisely we, we also we not only difficulties dealing with customer we have to difficulties dealing with custom the immigration because of yeah. the toolings that we bring oh. the consumables like say for example the alcohol oh. that we not alcohol oh, we know yeah, 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 yeah. The correct the equipment the equipment uh, yes so yes yes they will make things hard for you yes so, they will uh, ask what is it for mm, are you terrorists yes. yep 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 I, or I, sometimes I they ask that. money yeah that one common on the table <laughs> just to let <laughs> things go yeah Correct. Yeah. So you are put in a very fixed position, yeah. yeah. Stressful position. Yes, people yes, see yes. that we sometimes fly off for working party. People see like fun, but it's actually very stressful. I rather not fly. I rather yeah. stay at home base. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You get all the support, support in the home base rather than you fly. When you fly, I tell you, it's very stressful. You don't know when you want to go home. Yes. Okay. And then you don't know when you can come home. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. I, I ever, I ever also come across uh, uh, a situation whereby I was given a one-way ticket. They promised me you only fly there for one week. You finish, you go home. I end up being more than one month hmm. stuck in that place. Yeah. Until I plead the customer, I want to go home, please. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is interesting. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much for your sharing and, and insight. I, I, I want to add, uh, okay, which a lot of people don't realize, okay, for all those youngsters, like Firaw says, okay, if you want to go to in the industry, ask the correct person, mm. okay? First, ask the correct person. <laughs> Number two, okay, there's always a shorter way on to achieve what you want in life. There's always a shorter way. There is a shorter way to achieve. Yes, in oh. any industry there is. I thought there's no shortcut in life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> This is interesting. Yeah, you you have to know the people inside because mm. they are long enough. They know a lot of people. So when they know a lot of people, they can introduce you. You see, because I have this uh, so-called my mentor. He always says, okay, to be a licensed engineer, okay, the first one to get your initial license is always difficult, but always takes. The shortest way, 
Don't care. Just take the shortest way because, okay, from then then on it will be a smooth sailing because to get your initials, sometimes it takes eight years, sometimes it takes ten years just to get your initial license. It's difficult, yeah. And like we mentioned earlier about the degree and the diploma, okay. Now a technician needing a diploma to to work as a training technician, which is yeah, to a certain level, but. If you know the the correct person, the correct way, because at the end of the day, to be a licensed engineer, you just need to go to a proof uh, uh, school and take all the uh, professional cert and the basic exams by the authority. That's all you need, right? Then you, you go for the done. type course. Yeah, you don't need. You they won't ask you what diploma or what degree you have. So yeah. that is the shortcut. Yeah. That is the shortcut. Yeah. No, I see the the actual difference between IT diploma and degree, right? IT is hands-on. Okay, so whenever you come to internship, we do hands-on job on the ground. But whenever you know polytechnic diploma, right? When they have their internship for six months, they just sit in some office. Serious, and then they get diploma just for that, and they don't even know what's the job doing down below. The same as uh, the engineers in my my company also are uh, all from NTU. <laughs> And they don't even know the basic concept of whatever happening below, and then they come and order. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> this kind of people." Uh. Understand? <laughs> yeah, because like for me, I really love working on aircraft because since young I like uh, doing aircraft modeling, fixing up aircraft. So I don't come from a rich family. So what I did is I invest myself every Singapore air show. Go down, go to the the buffet. They have all the schools. Keep on asking, inquiring. Mm. So from then on, I have a knowledge slowly. Again, a lot of knowledge on how things work. When I get everything, then after NS, okay, I start working and save money. Yeah. Yes. Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, you must know the people. Talk to the people in the industry. Yeah. They know all the lobangs seriously. Okay, this diploma and degree is only for Singapore. Okay, to be, if you really want just to be a licensed engineer, you don't need a diploma or degree. But down the years, down the road, twenty, twenty years, twenty-five years, if you want to from licensed aircraft engineer, you want to be a in the management. Then having a diploma and a degree, degree will help. It helps. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if you just want to be hands-on as an engineer, you don't no. need that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for your sharing and insights. Wow, I think I have learned a lot from your experiences, and I hope our listeners out there will now have a clearer perspective about the aviation industry. Yes. Now we cannot fly, but as you have heard from our speakers, there are still some very busy and still have jobs to deliver. Our prayers for COVID-19 to go away and we shall all fly again safely. Thank you, Fami. Thank you, Kati. Thank you, Fidawus and Wayne for your time. This has been Voice Out Cakap Je. I am Zarina Zaruddin together with me, Panji Shafi'i. Do like us at our FB. And this has been Voice Out Cakap Je. Real people, real stories.
SAYA KAN JELAS